Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Amen. Thank you, Lord. One scripture I'm going to give you. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe that all things are possible to him that believe. All things. That little A-L-L means everything. Just like on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with new tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Remember, 120 of them was in that upper room, all different sorts of people. But the same Holy Ghost fell on one, fell on all of them. And I'm thankful for that today. Amen. Brother Francois, if you would, just pray for me today. Amen. And you may be seated. All things are possible to him that believeth. God is wanting to do so much in this place today. It's not a doubt in my mind. He's wanting to move in this place today. Praise the Lord. If we would take today, this morning... As an opportunity for God to move, he will move. Totally surrendering everything to him today is what God truly wants with you and I. The question is not if God can. God can. But my title is, can you believe it? God can do anything. He's the God of the impossible. The question is, it's not if God can. Will we allow him to do what he wants to do? I feel like somebody in this place needs a miracle from God that only God could provide, only God could give. This pastor could pray for you and it's up to you and God. It's up to you to receive, to believe that God can for you to really receive what God has for your life. Period. Faith without works is dead. And the Bible tells us that. That we got to have faith when we are in need of anything in this life. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want to talk to us today. About that scripture I read in Mark 9. It was about a father who had a son that was possessed by a devil. This father brings the son to the disciples and the disciples praise on this young man and nothing happens. Nothing. You know, when you think about the sins of the world, I thought about this young man, what he was doing for him to have this spirit in him. 
The things, what was he entertaining at home? What was he entertaining on the streets? What he, was he entertaining maybe in the clubs? What was he entertaining in his life itself? You know, I thought about, you know, just Roundup. How many would take a gallon of Roundup and open it up and start drinking it? Why wouldn't you? Because it's poison to the human body. So when you think about sin, what is sin? Anything that will poison the human body. Amen. I thought about years ago when I was a smoker. And I smoked probably seven years of my life. And I realized today and in this last past week as I was studying how nicotine was poisoning my body. Amen. They show you on the back of a old camel pack. They show you a camel riding in a desert. Or they paint a beautiful picture of this camel cigarette. But they don't show you the man that's laying right now at Cabrini or Rapids with lung cancer because he smoked all the days of his life. And the Bible says when sin is finished, then comes death. So I wonder... Will we entertain as people on this side of heaven that causes us troubles and disease and, and afflictions in this life? That's why we got to sustain. We got to stay away from that kind of stuff. I, I was at a hospital one day, and there's not no one in this church, and this guy here, man, I thought he was a straight-up saint of God, a man that lived this wonderful truth and refused to let sin rule his life. And he was a young man too. And he went in because he had a light heart attack. And I didn't know, Sister Terry, that this man was dabbing still in the sins of this life that God once delivered him from. And you got to be careful with that. When God sets you free, you, it's up to you to stay free. Come on, somebody. Somebody's going to hear what I have to say in this place. It's my choice to stay free. And I can remember the doctor looking at this man and, and telling him to his face with me standing right by him. He says, young man, I'm going to tell you this. You need to get rid of tobacco and you need to get rid of cigarettes and you need to get rid of alcohol. Because as you see, those things are destroying your human body. So people don't like preachers when they preach against sin. No, they hate preachers when they say, you know, sin will lead to destruction and then destruction will lead you to places that you don't want to go. Because once things and stuff is finished with your life, praise the Lord, then it brings death into your human body. But I can remember, hey, that's the reason why the Bible says we're not to throw stones at people that does such things because such was some of you. We got alcoholics in this church that once was the alcoholics that God delivered. Come on, can I get an amen? We got people in this church that used to smoke one and two and three packs of cigarettes uh, every day and now today sits in this Holy Ghost filled church full of Jesus and no more cigarettes. Praise the Lord. I'm thinking of God can do it. I said God can do it. If we believe that he can do it, amen. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's the reason why we got so many sick people in our world today. It's what they are putting in their systems. Amen. I like to tell the little joke, but it's funny, but it's true. If God wanted you to smoke, or if he wanted me to smoke, he would put a chimney on our head. Come on. I never smoked anything cheap when I was smoking. I never drank anything cheap when I was drinking. I was a Marlboro man, and I was a Budweiser man. So I realized the chimney didn't need to be on my head, so I got rid of it. And when I done with old Bud, I got rid of Bud, and I got wiser. And now I live a happy, come on, you're not listening to me. I live a happy, joyful, Holy Ghost filled life. There ain't nothing can do you like Jesus. There ain't nobody can set a man free like Jesus. I was once blind, but praise the Lord, today I can see. I was once lost, but today I can stand before each and every one of you and tell you I'm proud of Jesus Christ pulling me out of the miry clay, filling me with the Holy Ghost, setting me free from the sins of this life. It's only because of God. It's no other because I was good. It was because Jesus was good. Because it doesn't matter how much Holy Ghost you got, how much Holy Ghost I got, my righteousness is still as filthy rags. So do we judge and condemn? No. I tell each and every one of you, if you're living that kind of lifestyle, you're a miserable person, you need more than what you got, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need God in your life. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost dwelling in your soul. You need a deliverer that will deliver you out of that lifestyle. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He said he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You seek the world, Brother Jeffrey Floyd. You know what you find over there? Pain, heartache, sorrows, and you name it. But you seek Jesus at an old-fashioned altar. You know what you find? You find life in it more abundantly. You find joy unspeakable. You find Jesus that will make plans for your future. Jesus that will set you free. Jesus that will make all things new. But you got to let him. If you can believe it, God can do it for you today. Whew. Some of you done forgot where you came from. <laughs> I tell you and I tell you again, there's a lot of things we can fake in this world. But that's one thing you can't fake. You can't fake the Holy Ghost because what's on the inside is going to come out the outside. I'm telling you, you, when you walk into the church, you may be down and out. You may be... But once you hear the preach word of God, something inside of you has to come alive. He's not a dead God. He's alive and well. How do you know? Because he lives on the inside. He lives on the inside. How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Because old things passed away. I don't desire the things I once was stuck in. I'm free. 
The greatest feeling you could ever have in life is to be free. The Bible still said whoever the son set free. You're free indeed. No more chains. No more shackles. Oh my God, I can remember a time I couldn't lay my head on my pillow without fearing that I would die and go to hell. And I didn't know nothing about this truth. I was a born and raised heathen. Didn't know nothing about Jesus. Didn't know the first scripture. I didn't even know the shortest scripture. Jesus wept. I knew nothing. But I'll tell you one thing. When I came into the knowledge of God and, 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 and his love for me, it changed everything about me. I never ever, hey, want to go back to where I came from, but I definitely, definitely don't never ever want to relive where I came from. My reminder is good. Hey, it's where God has took me from and brought me to where I am today. But I believe with all my heart that we ain't seen nothing yet. The church has not seen nothing yet. Our families are coming to church. Our friends are coming to church. Hey, our loved ones are coming to church. People that we've been witnessing to for years and years and years and years are going to walk in this place one day and surrender their life to Jesus. Praise God. Can you believe it with me this morning? It can happen. So this man begins to, he begins to, Explain to God what this spirit was doing. The Bible said, that the man said it take him away. It tortured him. He began to vomit and all these other things we know when people are possessed. We watched it right here in, the, in this church through the years. We watched people come in here possessed with something. And as the church and the pastor and the, and the preachers begin to anoint them with all, we see how they act. Don't, let, let me tell you something. That world is real. Those spirits are real. And that's why we can't entertain them. You got to set yourself free from that kind of life or those kinds of spirit. But he begins to explain to God. And he says, look, I took him. I took my son to your disciples. And guess what? They couldn't do nothing for him. Nothing happened. See, what this man was saying, he said, hey, you need to do something with your disciples. Something is not right. And you know, I read this scripture time and time before, and I thought the same thing they did. Man, why couldn't they just, in the name of Jesus, get out of him? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Come on. Man, greater things is you going to be able to do because I go to my father. And the awesome part about that is this, that God has given us the ability to use the name of Jesus at any place and at any time. And it doesn't matter if they demon possess. It doesn't matter if they're dying with cancer. It doesn't matter if they got heart trouble. We have the authority of the name of Jesus to lay hands. Come on, to lay hands, pray, believe God, and watch God move in their lives. That's what God gave us. It was given from God, the authority to knew the name. So I had the same questions. You know, I'm like, yeah, really, why couldn't they? So he takes his son to the disciples, and even they prayed, and they laid hands on him, and nothing changed. And as I began to read that, Brother Francois, something changed in me. You know, there's a lot of times I go and pray for people. Not everybody makes it, those that I pray for. Not everybody gets healed, some that I pray for. Some still has the problems that they had before I prayed. 
remember, I'm only a pastor. I'm not God. Only God can do miracles. Amen. Only God can do these miracles. And as I begin to read that, I said, well, thank you, Lord, that nothing truly is wrong with me. It's just the way it is. Some people get it and some people don't. And it relieved me from making me feel the same way probably the disciples felt. Like, why in the world can we cast this spirit out of this young man? And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they felt kind of horrible about themselves too. But listen to what he says. I spake to your disciples, and they sure they should that they should cast him out, and they could not. I read this, and I'm telling you, I read it time and time before, and I felt the same way, like it was the disciples' fault. It was like they was unspiritual. It was like they wasn't prayed up. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It was like they didn't have enough faith for this boy to been to be. Freed from this spirit. But let me show you what the Lord has showed me also through scripture. In verse 23, Jesus said to the man, he didn't say this to the disciples. He said it to the father of this possessed child. He said it like this, all things are possible to him that believe. Now listen to pastor. When you come up here for me to pray for you, I can pray until I, I'm blue in the face. I can pray until I faint. But if you don't believe that God will do it, we are both wasting our time. Faith coming by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Every man is giving a measure of faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and, and the evidence of things have not seen. So I can't see it. You can't see it. But if we believe it, it will happen. But you do your part. I will do my part. And God will definitely do his part. Because he's God. He can do anything. I said he can do anything. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Jesus' response to the man was, it's not their fault that you didn't get your miracle that you came for today. So what he does, he takes those shoes, he takes it off of the disciples' feet, and he puts it on the Father's feet. He came to Jesus, or to the disciples, wanting them to do what only God could do. But if he would have went to the disciples with just an ounce of faith or an ounce of belief, I'm pretty sure things would have been totally different that day. Jesus didn't point his fingers at his disciples because of a lack of prayer or a lack of fasting. He points the problem to his father. Uh, let, me take, let me go this far. When you're in need from something from God, 
we got to be careful how we approach God. Think about this. Okay, something happened. Oh, God. oh, come on, God. I'm your servant. I've been living for you for 50 years. And you mean this is going to happen? It's exactly what I'm saying. I can't believe I ain't got enough money to pay my gas bill. <laughs> Let's go further down. I can't believe I can't drive up to the pump and have enough money to pay $6 a gallon. I can't believe we got $6 a gallon of gas either in the time we live. Thanks God to you know who. <laughs> I don't want to be in a politician or a politic debate this morning, but anyhow. Seriously, we've got to be careful how we approach God. You may get away with an attitude towards your pastor or your finger pointing or blaming me, but that don't work with God. We go humbly before the throne of grace. Oh, no, you're not listening to me. We, we treat God like he owes us something. Okay, God, my baby's sick now. You're going to heal him. Okay, God, I ain't got enough money in the bank now. You need to put some money in there. That's how some people approach God. Wrong way. I can promise you this. If you approach God that way, you will never get what you ask for. Broken. Broken when you go to God. Hey, God already knows all our needs, but he wants us to ask. He don't want us to command. Ask and it shall be given. Seek it, you'll find it. Knock and shall be opened. But when you start commanding things from God, it ain't gonna work. You know, we treat them like Santa Claus. I want this for Christmas. I want that for Christmas. I want that. I want that. And when the list ain't filled, hey, come on now. You gave me a new car. You gave me a new truck. Okay. How we approach God. Let me tell you something. To be humble is the greatest spirit to have. Not just only to God, but to everyone else. To be loving, kind, meek, sweet. I tell people whenever they offer me cakes and stuff, I said, I can't eat it. They said, why not? I said, because Sister Mary won't allow, won't allow me to eat sweets. She said, and why is that? I said, because she said, I'm too sweet already. <laughs> but be sweet to others. Be sweet to Jesus when you go to him. And see if it wouldn't make a difference in the way he answers you. I hope I'm doing all right this morning. But it puts the shoes on the other feet. Jesus did not point at his disciples. He just let the man know, huh, it might not be my disciples' problems. You may have a hang-up. You know, a lot of people pray for stuff and they don't get it. You know what I believe? I really believe this. If this baby ain't clean, God has no reason to answer us. What do you mean clean? I believe if I have art against Brother Brent and I, bring, I come to God and ask God for something, you know what's going to happen? He's not going to answer me. He's not going to give me what I want. Why? Because I got something in here that's stopping him from doing what I want him to do. Now, you know how I get my answer? You know how he receives my gift? I'm going to make it right with my brother. 
And once my heart is clean, then God has all reasons to bless me whatever I ask for. I believe a lot of times we hold things in our heart and in our spirit that God hates. And that's the reason why we don't get the answers that we want. It's because we are restricting God from being who he said he would be to, one, to you and I. So you got to be careful what we hold in this heart. Because this heart can stop the plans of God in your life. It can stop miracles from happening in your life and in your family's life. You know, unforgiveness is, is the root. This is the root in America. This is a root that needs to be pulled out of the ground. You know, we got so many broken families in the world today. And we got dads against sons, sons against dad, moms against daughters, daughters against mothers. Unforgiveness. It stops what God wants to do in your life. Well, Brother Beard, you don't know what they did to me. I don't care what they did to you. You better forgive them. If you want to go to heaven, you better forgive them. Woo, let me stay there a little while. Well, they shot my dog. Well, don't kill that cat. Come on. Well, they curse me out. Well, pray for them. Don't curse them out. Ooh. We got to protect it. We got to be careful. Then we wonder why we don't get our prayers answered. Maybe you are stopping. You're stopping your miracle from happening. But you want to blame Pastor Beard. You want to blame Brother Francois, you want to blame Brother John, you want to blame Sister Nita. And we are the ones, as God says, huh, what's in your life? What's in your heart? And you blame, oh, we, we, we got that blame game right. Oh, it's pastor's fault, the reason why we ain't got revival. Oh, really? How many people you won this year? Oh, it's pastor's fault because we don't have a lovely church. Some of you sit down here like an old uh, toe frog on a log. And then wonder why we got a dead church. And we don't have a dead church. I wish some of you would come alive right now, though. I wish some of you, no. Thank you, Becky. I wish some of you would act Pentecostal. Act like you had a little bit of life in you. Some of you, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. The little bob on the hand is pretty good. But what's wrong with standing near your feet and saying, Jesus, I'm just thankful to you today. I just bless the name of Jesus today. I just love you because you've been so good and you've been so faithful to me. I understand, I understand, I understand, I understand, I understand. I don't have to do like you, Brother Beard, because I got it made. I got everything going my way. I live in a fancy house. I drive a fancy car. I got money in the bank. Man, everything I need, I got could be taken away in an instant. All that could be gone. And the only thing you would have left is Jesus. So I'm going to praise him 
when I'm on my mountain. I'm gonna praise him when I'm in my valley. I'm gonna praise him when I got money or when I'm broke. It doesn't matter which state I'm in. I'm gonna praise the wonderful name of Jesus because God and God only deserves my praise. I can remember a man telling me that he was like King Midas. That's how some of us think. I got my own ability. I got my own ways of making my money. I got my own ways of gaining on this earth. You do. You do. One of my neighbors told me, he said, I'm like, you know, remember the old song, King Midas? You know, I was now always in church. You know, 33 years ago, I was lost as a goose in the north wind. I wasn't, this was not always my life. So I'm listening to all that junk. And he said, you know, I'm like King Midas. Everything I touch yeah. turns to gold. That's what he told me in my yard. And I looked at him because you're a brave man. You're a brave man. He says, I really believe if I failed in a septic tank, the man tells me this, I would come out smelling like a rose. One year later, Belly up, bankrupt. <laughs> Don't tell me. And then when you got a time and you got a place and you got a reason to worship God, and the only thing we could do is, oh, the only thing we could do is wait for the storm to come. Wait till trials come and wait till we have nothing. Suppose the only thing you see in the day visitors is a Holy Ghost filled people that's full of Jesus, and we know how to express our thanksgiving to Him, we know how to praise Him because He's been good to us, He's been faithful. This fight boy ain't got no more breath. Y'all making me preach hard to y'all this morning. I'm trying to move some of y'all, but some of y'all just refuse to move. Well, I ain't got to praise him today. Everything's good. <laughs> I said, hey, listen, Friday before last, this old coconut got hit, and I should have been, I should have went off into eternity last Friday night, but God spared my life. Oh, yes, God spared my life. But the reason why God spared my life is because he wasn't ready for me. He wasn't ready to take me off of this earth and bring me to sweet home. But you know what kept me, brother? It was my prayers, my faith to him, and my obedience to the word. I may not need it today, but I may need it tomorrow. 
I may need it this coming week. I may need it in the next couple of hours. But if I do, I have some stuff that's stored up there that is waiting just in case I need it. If we can believe it, God will. Let me get off of that. I got some of you fired up this morning. Some of you are planning on even cutting me off of my tides. Some of you are planning on just starving the preacher out now because I said that. It's okay. You know what happens when you cut me out? God's going to turn a faucet on somewhere else. He'll turn a faucet on here. He'll turn a faucet. Oh, you can't start to preach out. The preacher's going to always be the preacher, and God's going to always supply for the preacher. No, so don't even think stupid. Or don't think crazy. Let me not say stupid. But when your mind is made up, come on, when your mind is set, when your heart is ready, God can do whatever you want him to do. Listen to me, Brother Chad. I was hooked on everything in my younger life but phonics. I should have been hooked on phonics. <laughs> Whoo! But I was hooked on everything else. And God delivered me instantly. You know why? Because I was ready. I was ready. Pornography, it left Brother Chris because I knew what it was doing to my natural man. What are you saying, Pastor? God could and will do it right the first time. The first time. He got to keep on coming back. Oh, I'm going to deliver you from this. I'm going to deliver you from that. I'm gonna, no. That ain't the God I serve. Now, it's my choice to stay free. It's your choice to stay free. Mm-hmm. But people begin to pick up their more sins in life after they're in church. You know, I believe murder is wrong. I believe adultery is wrong. But also believe the little white lie is wrong too. I think if I take something that don't belong to me, it's wrong too. I think if I'm going to live for God, I need to live for God wholeheartedly. But let me show you the experience and, the, and how this works. Brother Roger George was out of church for years. Years. He picked up the can or the bottle. And he went on and on and on. What he was doing was he was in church all his young life. And what he lost, he tried to fill up with the substance of this world. And it never gets filled. From bottle to bottle. But I can remember just about maybe a month and a half ago, Brother Roger was sitting in the back. And Brother Roger comes up right here. And God instantly restores him. Prays back through, speaks in tongues, completely 100% delivered. How you know he's been delivered? <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude or ugly. I'll tell you how I know he's been delivered. He's at church on Sunday mornings. When he's not working, he's at church on Sunday nights when he's not working. He's at church on Wednesday nights when he's not working. That's how I know he's been delivered. <laughs> he don't miss an opportunity when he has one. Let me show you the beauty of this. 
Faith coming by hearing and by hearing the word of God. You've been, some of you have been waiting on miracles. You've been waiting on stuff. You've been waiting on things. And the reason why you don't have it is because your faith ain't where God wants it to be. It's because you are not in church hearing the word. Faith coming by hearing and by hearing the word. And you know, like I know, you're not going to stay home for uh, six days a week and pull out your Bible every day and read not even one scripture instead of a chapter. So your faith is never going to get built up enough for you to receive what God has for you. But I tell you what happens. Brother Roger comes up. He, God restores him. But listen, the power of it, of a made-up mind and a made-up heart. Brother Roger comes to the front here. He gets the Holy Ghost. God restores him. But that following the week before, Brother Ernest Ray, God spoke to me to get the baptistry ready because him and Sister Jan will both get buried in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. So after Brother Roger gets the Holy Ghost, I said, hey, I got the baptistry ready. He said, let's go, man. I'm ready to get all these sins under the blood. So what we do, Brother Jeffrey, we bring him up there and we get him ready to be baptized. And I baptize him. And let me tell you the beauty of God. Now, cirrhosis of the liver, because he drank all these years out of church, he had a hurting in his side right here, that it was a continuous pain day after day, night after night, week after week, month after month, and the story goes on. I baptized him in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of his sins, and from that moment on, Brother Roger has not had a pain in his side. The beauty, the beauty, this is the beauty. Hold on, this is the beauty. This, this is the beauty. This is where the beauty is. So, no more hurting in the side, okay? So, I, I stood back, and I looked at Brother Roger, and I looked up to heaven, and I said, God, you done did it again. <laughs> you done did it again. What do you mean? Hey, God, you just healed cirrhosis of the liver. For this man not to have no more, oh, I believe that. Oh, I don't care where your faith, I don't know where your faith is, and I don't care where your faith is, but I do know what I know, that my God healed cirrhosis of the liver. Huh? Yes, he did. The benefits of living for God. So why is how beautiful this is? Hey, y'all, I don't know what y'all, I'm going to tell you what you're missing. Every Wednesday night, I believe I'm going to turn my Wednesday nights over to nothing but miracle Wednesday nights. We're going to start preaching just for a short period of time. We're going to put it out there for the world to know. If you need a miracle in your life, you need to get a center point Pentecostal church on a Wednesday night because they got a pass over there that's crazy enough to believe that God's going to heal you. Yeah. So about a month, I guess about a month, month and a half ago, I stood up with the boldness of Peter and John. You know, I'm not always that bold. You know that. Yeah, right. I was baptized in boldness. Cut your hair. It's getting too long. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But anyhow, watch this. Brother Wayne, about a month and a half ago, I'm, I'm up there on a Wednesday night. That's when Brendan was getting ready to preach. I knew he didn't have a word, so I knew God had to take over. I'm just joking. But anyhow, watch this. We're getting ready to have a service on a Wednesday night. And God tells me, he says, everybody in here that has high blood pressure, please come up because God wants to heal you. So they come up right here and we anoint them with all. And we pray and we pray and we pray. And guess what, Brother Francois? And God moved and God moved and God moved. Can y'all believe that? 
He moved as we prayed because our prayers moved God to do miracles. And it happened. So we, I said, anybody with high blood pressure, please come up. Come up. We're finna do the same thing this morning. I don't care what time it is. If you need a miracle, if you need something for God to do, we're just going to take our time today. Today is the, uh, the Sabbath day. We, we say it's the Sabbath day. We made it the Sabbath day, so it's going to be the Sabbath day. If you need a prayer, we'll pray till fire, then we'll start church right after it. I didn't get no amens. <laughs> Where's your faith at? Your faith is only for an hour? Jesus said, can you only pray an hour? Can we only pray an hour? Some of you are looking at your time right now. The restaurant's fitting to open, man. We're going to hit, yeah. We're going to get all the fresh fruit. Forget about the fresh fruit. What about the fresh word? What about life? Come on, what about miracles? What about signs? So, we pray for the high blood pressure people. Do you know high blood pressure is a silent killer? You know why people don't wake up in the morning and they, they went off into eternity because of high blood pressure? Because it kills them. Silence. Tell me, nurse. You know when a man, real, you know a man will remember his first car he ever bought in life than the last doctor visit. Forgive me, Lord. But we prayed for high blood pressure. And I told him after you, we prayed, Sister Sonny. I said, now listen, you're going to continue to take your medicine. And after a while, you're not going to start feeling good because your medicine is not working because you don't have high blood pressure anymore. Cool, you're looking at me like I'm crazy this morning. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. There's nothing impossible with God. God can do the impossible and make it possible. So we prayed, Sister Melissa. We prayed. This man goes to the doctor. He tells me, he says, Brother Beard, I ain't took my medication in how many days? Four days. And my blood pressure was like 127 over 76. Tell me I got a good memory. Drugs didn't take it all away from me. No medication in four days, but perfectly normal high blood pressure. I mean, blood pressure. Perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. Okay. I got some of you believing a little bit of the preacher. Night after night, night after night, night after night, Sister Gail comes up here. We pray for her. Hey, God, give her new lungs. God, God may not want to give her new lungs. God may want to do something that he will get the glory for. But it will be God and her, not me and God and her. We pray for her time after time after time after time. And what happens? She goes to Houston this week. Nothing but good reports. Heart healthy. Come on. Everything, every, every, every test that she took, Brother Francois, was perfect. Brother Sparky Riddick's left three weeks ago. I talked with him in my office. We're going on a little month vacation, but we'll be back in a month. I said, well, praise the Lord. Go to your vacation. Take it easy. Take it easy and enjoy your stay. He goes up there. From the first week, he winds up in the hospital. This close from his life to be taken away. Type A flu. Kidneys shutting down. You, gaining fluids. You name it. The man was on the death bed. They said, how many months of therapy? Two, one or two or three months of therapy? We go to Branson's, Sister Bobby, we go to Branson. 
on our little vacation last week. And one of the reasons I was glad we was going because Brother Sparky was in Branson in the hospital. So I, me and Sister Mary walked, and not me, God, give God the glory. We walked in that hospital room. We anointed him with all, and all these two and three months of therapy that he was supposed to take, and the man was discharged. No, 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 you're not. The man is discharged. The man's coming home this week. And we worry about tomorrow. We worry about our sickness. We worry about this. We worry about that. We worry about everything. How many of you believe that? Oh, hold on. Good story. Good story. Just sit down. You ain't got to, listen, y'all ain't got to be in no hurry to leave. I'm the only one that's standing. Y'all acting like y'all tired. Good story. How I know Brother Roger been delivered. I'm glad you asked. You keep asking the question, I keep preaching, okay? Is that fair enough? How many of you give me five more minutes? Hold, hold your hands up. Hold your hands up. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 40. Oh, we got another hour. Let's go. How do we know, Brother Roger, has been delivered? Okay, let me help you. When God restored him, Brother Wally, right here, um, maybe a month ago, when God restored this man and God restored his soul, this is what happens. He goes home. He takes his, his, he takes his case of Budweiser. He goes in the wood and he opens them up one. Oh, let me go ahead and get a balance. He opens them up one can at a time. Shh. Shh. His old tobacco brother Rodney that he's been chewing for years, he took that old skull junk and he opens it up. That's how you know when people got the real deal. Oh, that's how you know the experience that they got with God is real. Because old things pass away. And praise God, new things become. I once was a drunk. I once was a sinner. I'm, oh my God. It ain't who I am, it's who I am. I, oh my God, I am a changed creature in Christ. Let's stand, let's stand. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.